I'm Lauren Rezepka, and you're listening to You Changed Me, where we explore the relationships that have changed us for the better, for the worse, or for the yet-to-be-determined. I explore these relationships as a marriage and family therapist, as a feminist, and as someone who is eternally curious about how we connect and how we are shaped. Um, I see you all the time at Barcode, and I feel like based on social media, you are always doing fun events, and you're very involved in the community, and you always have things going on, so I'm super curious to learn more about your life and the fun things that you are up to. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. Um, yes, my name is Stacy Cook, and I live here in Arlington Heights with my husband and my five-year-old son, and um, it's just really nice to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get started by learning a little bit about you. I don't know you that well, so this will be helpful for me, too. Why don't you share with us what your top skills are? Um, So I'll share some of my skills. I don't know if they're my top skills, but there are definitely things that I'm good at. Um, One I am currently working on honing, and that is my ability to squash five-year-old meltdowns and Mm. tantrums. Such an important skill. Teach me your ways. <laughs> it really is. Um, I'm practicing the art of redirection. Okay. And so that is a skill that um, I'm working on, but it is getting better. Uh, I'm also a really good parallel parker. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you just give me an inch, I will get in there. That is impressive. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm a terrible parker <laughs> and driver. Well, I feel like it's a skill I have. It's Maybe it's not quite as good now that I don't live in the city. I was going to say, did you live in the city but, and like really yeah, practice that? Yeah. I, I would say I'm also a really good city driver, but after you leave the city, I feel like I've lost my aggression. <laughs> oh my gosh, completely. I hate driving. I hate yeah. driving in general. I did not get my license until I was in, I was 27, 28. Yes, Interesting. It's very rare. Yeah. So I'm still not that good at it. I'm a very careful driver and a safe driver, but I'm not what you would call a confident driver. So I admire your parallel parking skills. Yes, yes, it's it's good. Um, and kind of in that vein, I am also uh, pretty good at packing a suitcase. Mm. Like, I can fit a lot of stuff into a really small amount of space. Okay, that's a good one. Do you travel often? I do, I do. Um, so it, it is a good skill to have. It's also a little maddening when I see my husband pack a suitcase and I'm like... That is all wrong. I'm going to have to take everything out of your suitcase and redo that for you. Um, Another skill I have, a fun skill, I'm really good at shooting pool. Ooh. Um, I might be a little rusty now because I don't spend quite as much time in bars anymore. Sure, sure. But back in my younger days, I did, and I really got good and I really love it and enjoy it I feel like I should find a group of moms that want to go shoot pool oh my gosh you totally should that's the new moms group (laughs) I think it I think it should be yeah um and then this one is a kind of ironic skill I could um bake and decorate a beautiful wedding cake for you Ooh. so I went to pastry school oh my gosh and 
shortly after I graduated from pastry school, I pretty much stopped eating sugar. So there's that. Oh um, my gosh. So yeah, so I have a lot of uh, so pastry skills. So you went to pastry school. That is fascinating to me. How, was it challenging? Oh yeah, I went, I went while I was working a corporate job. So I went to my corporate job during the day and then I would go to pastry school at night. Were you hoping to make a career change? Yeah, I was, I knew that the, you know, nine to five in a cube wasn't really what I saw as my long term. So, and I loved, you know, cooking, uh, baking, you know, making food that makes people happy mm-hmm. and it's sugar tends <laughs> to do that. So. And then you cut sugar out. Yeah. Why? How? What happened? (laughs) Well, it's kind of what changed me. What are you on this podcast to talk about today? Well, for me, one of the things that has had a major impact on my life is my relationship with food and really real foods. So 10 years ago, 2010, I moved in with my now husband, then boyfriend, Ryan, and he was super into fitness and health and was starting this path of eating really clean, whole foods, not processed foods. And so that became my reality too. And I started walking down that path with him and prior to this for me grocery shopping was all in the frozen food section you know it was how many microwave meals do i need to get me through a week and um you know hopefully it was like a smart one that had its weight watchers points on it and i could (laughs) be like oh i could eat you know maybe two of those i don't know um but it wasn't really it wasn't real food um so when we started Living together, we started cooking. We started really focusing on the sourcing of our food and removing processed foods. So we really stopped buying things that have ingredients and we would just buy ingredients and make food. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was this catalyst that led to looking at processed things in other areas of my life. So it was like processed medicine, you know, processed skincare products, personal care products, cleaning products and going through the process of removing all those things and really just kind of getting down to more of a natural lifestyle. So that was the beginning of it, starting with food. Yeah. What was that shift like for you? It sounds like it would be challenging. Um, starting e- eating real foods. Mm-hmm. Like when you were first moving in with Ryan yeah. and like being introduced to this. Yeah. It. Well, you know, it's interesting that you use that word challenging because that's kind of how we approached it was as a challenge. And um, we would give ourselves challenges just to see how we would feel if we eliminated certain foods. We did a hundred days with no coffee. Um, (laughs) But how did you live? Somehow we managed. But um, it was just interesting, interesting to see how our bodies felt when we remove these things that maybe, you know, aren't the best for us. And not to say that I don't use caffeine anymore, because I do. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker anymore. I drink tea, but plenty of caffeine in that. Um, so it, it, it was a challenge, and we kind of approached it as a challenge. I think also doing it together mm-hmm. um, was a huge, huge benefit. I would never have done, done it probably on my own. Okay. But together it was fun. You know, we started cooking more, exploring recipes and 
um, we actually for a while had a blog about it and oh we would gosh. share our experiences. We'd track, you know, like how much did we spend at the grocery store to eat this way and, you know, share, you know, how people could do that. It was fun. That's cool. So I'm curious about your relationship with Ryan now. Is like taking on new challenges as a team, would you say that that is a normal characteristic of your relationship? Like something you've done together in other facets of your life? Yeah, I would say it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we've done a lot of food types of challenges or where we will, like I said, you know, eat a certain way for a certain period of time, assess how we feel. Um, Ryan is a bit of a biohacker and that he will, you know, try different modalities of um, wellness. And so he does bring that into our relationship a bit and we'll do di different challenges. We've done some fitness challenges and things like that. What is it about your personality that, lend that lends itself to being able to do that in your relationship? I don't know. I feel I, like a lot of people just be like, mm, that seems hard, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it is doing it together um, because I like I would not do most of these things on my own. I would not desire to do most of these things on my own. Okay. But then when you do them together and then you see that really doing something for a finite period of time is so simple. Like there's an end date. You're not saying I'm not ever going to have this again or I'm never going to, you know, enjoy tacos again or whatever you know it is um you have this end date and so i think doing those types of um challenges when their finite time is, is totally manageable so it's almost like it's more about experimentation than restriction yeah and i think it's about seeing how you feel because i've done a lot of different eliminated a lot of different things be it you know trying to eat without dairy for a month or, you know, obviously I've eliminated sugar mostly. Um, and when you see how your body feels and you realize how good you feel and you didn't know you could feel that good, like your normal that you thought was good wasn't really as good as you could feel. Mm -hmm. And when you then see that difference, it's like, oh yeah, maybe some of these things I'm going to stick with them. Or maybe I'm not going to stick with them a hundred percent all of the time. But I know that like when I need to lift my body up and feel better, I can eliminate some things and I know what the response of my body is going to be. Sure. Were you having challenges with your health before this? Like that encouraged you to make changes? Um, not in particular. And I think, you know, that part of that, I think, um, how it all started is definitely inspired by my husband, who is like determined to be the best version of himself, which is very inspiring to me. He reminds just, I don't know anything about him other than what you just said, but I'm thinking of Radlow and Parks and Rec, and he's like, I'm going to be the first person to live to be 127 or whatever he says. That's my husband. Okay. <laughs> okay, got it. So being around that, I imagine that attitude could be contagious, like to be the best version of yourself in body, mind, spirit, and really like taking on new things and seeing how, how you can improve your quality of life. Yeah, it's inspiring. And you know, we're, we're a team. So definitely the things he is interested in and he is involved in, you know, rub off on me and vice versa. So um, yeah, something we end up sharing. Was there anything that you tried to alter that you were like, I absolutely hate this. I'm never doing this again. I can't live without this. Um, I, I don't think so. That's interesting. Cause 
I feel like, you know, yeah, I feel like in our minds, we think we can't survive without a lot of things. I know the first time I eliminated dairy from my diet, I was like, how do you live without cheese? Like, how could that even be a thing? Why? Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but then I did it and I was like, oh, I don't feel inflamed at all. Like, I feel really good. So maybe my body doesn't need a ton of dairy. Um, do I eat dairy? Yeah. I do, but I'm aware of how it makes my body feel, and I know that sometimes, you know, especially if, say, I'm feeling not 100%, or I feel like I'm getting sick, I know that that might be something I want to eliminate for the time being. Okay. I'm curious about how this worked for you in restaurants, because for me personally, I'm very passionate about eating out, and it's a huge part of my life, both as far as like social activities, but also like a deep appreciation of the art of fine dining and really like experiencing food and people communicating emotions or culture, all these things through, through food. So how did that change how you ate out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and it does because you're much more conscious of all the ingredients in food. So um you know, you have to be comfortable asking questions about what's in things. And um, mostly, though, when you're eating real food, you know, as long as you've got, you know, a protein and um, vegetables, you're you're pretty good. And when you think about some of the, you know, elevated finer dining, like that's what the focus really is on. So, um, so it's not that hard. And then there are certainly times where we went to really amazing restaurants and we're like just eat whatever you want like okay. this is a wonderful experience i'm just going to eat it and you know enjoy it sure um all of, for i'm fortunate in that i all of the things we've done with you know dietary restrictions is by choice it's not like i have um an actual you know aversion to something where uh there's a serious complication if i eat it so um I do have the luxury of saying, you know, oh, we're going to go to this amazing restaurant and I'm going to eat all the things because it's a once in a lifetime chance. Mm -hmm. That makes sense that you, there's a certain degree of flexibility to it. Yeah. So it's still all within your control and you can choose at times to take in more or not be as restrictive and other times focus on certain things. Yeah. What as far as food for you, the changes that you've made or different experiments that you've done has been most life-changing? Um, well, really, I just feel like we, um, we just eat really good food now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we, um, it's, it's changed our, I feel like it's truly changed our health. Um, we do a lot of other things naturally to support our health. Yeah, I want but, to hear about those as well, for sure. But food is the first medicine, in my opinion. So I feel like that's really been the biggest change, is that um, our bodies are well supported by that baseline of what we feed feed them. That makes a lot of sense. It's so important. It has so many different um, consequences for us on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm actually pregnant. So okay, this won't go out until after I'm ready to tell everyone. Congratulations. Um, thank you. But I struggle so hard with giving up um, sushi. It mm. is something that is a big part of my diet and having to cut that out. It's been so sad. Like you said, like you can do it. You just do it if you have to do it right. and you just move on. 
but it's so hard to make those lifestyle changes yeah. not those once in a while things but the things that are like I feel good when I eat this I feel healthy when I eat this my body mm-hmm. responds so well to it and have to deprive yourself of that for a period of time it's heartbreaking that's really hard yeah <laughs> but for really good reasons exactly <laughs> like you you do what is right and what yeah. you have to do for a short period of time. Yeah. It also helps knowing that there's an end date and you'll exactly. be able to return to it again. Oh, but like delivery room hard. sushi. Oh my gosh. I had it in my <laughs> delivery room with Reese. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I was so excited. So that. tell me about how you said kind of started with food and then snowballed into other things, other areas of your life. How did it grow? Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, you know, when you start removing things that are processed in one area, you're going to start looking at other areas. And for me, I started looking at that a lot when I was pregnant. Um, And I started thinking about the things that I was putting on my body, like skincare products, and I started reading labels. Mm. And as soon as I started reading labels, I started realizing that there is a lot of garbage allowed in our personal care products. Um, it is totally rational and reasonable that you would think that what is on the shelf at Target is safe for you, right? Like, that's a normal thought. Like, oh, they're selling it to me in a store. That's safe for me to buy and use for my family. But the reality is, is that it's not. Um, there are very, there's a very lax law that um, governs all of the pro- chemicals in the products we use. So just about anything is allowed in them. And so as I started kind of diving into this research hole, I realized that I wanted to make sure that all the things we were using um, for our skincare and things we were putting on our body that were obviously getting in our body, like, you know, should probably be the same quality of what we eat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you just about want to be able to eat your lotion because it's going in your body. <laughs> yeah. Um, not saying it's going to taste good. Uh, so, so that was kind of how that started. And then it grew to um, looking at just the way we cared for our bodies in terms of supporting our health and, um, you know, if we were getting sick or that type of thing, what we were doing to help support our bodies and just looking for more natural ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um so in changing and looking at skincare products, was that hard to find products that worked that were reasonably priced? Yeah, it was really hard. Um, especially if you just go to, you know, Target um, or the grocery store. So I, my first kind of, it, it, it was my first step then into um, doing some of my, making some of my own and some of DIY stuff. So I, I really, I just wanted to like have lotion I could use and not freak out about like what's in it, formaldehyde, whatever. Um, so I just, I, I, I Googled, you know, some DIY recipes and I made my own with, you know, things like shea butter and coconut oil and some essential oils and super easy and super natural. Wow. Okay, I'm thinking in my head as you're saying this, this sounds great, but also, so you're making a lot of food from scratch, you're making lotions from scratch, like time, resource-wise, how are you fitting this into a busy life? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, Because I would think that that's a barrier to a lot of people, that they would hear like, oh, this is better, but you have to make it at home, so you need X amount of time. Well, I definitely think, like with the food aspect, it's all about meal planning and food prep. Um, 
you can do it. You just have to schedule the time to do it. And if it's important enough to you, you will. You just prioritize that. Yeah. Um, with some of the stuff like skincare and that, um, I started out making a bunch of my own stuff. And like you make a big batch of something, you have that for months, you know? So you could say like, on Sunday, I'm making lotion and maybe some like body butter and lip balms and have it forever. Um, or like I have found some companies that make really clean products. So now I have options. So that's, okay. that's nice too. So it was reasonable for you to like fit this into your life. Yeah. And I think, um, it just felt natural to focus on the things that supported our health. Um, just kind of a shift maybe. And I was like, well, yeah, I might want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix for a couple hours, but I could also just like take 30 minutes and, you know, whip up something that's going to last me a month and be great for my body. Well, and you have such a strong motivation for this. So it sounds like once you had that, once you became committed to this, yeah. then it just is, is your priority and you're going to make time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have always used like total crap products for everything never like whatever was cheapest and like I could get by with that's like all I've ever done for like hair skin everything and then a year ago I had started having like a horrible skin reaction on my eyes the skin around my eyes I'd wake up and it would be super inflamed to the point where like I could barely open my eyes and yeah. like red and like I mean, I looked like an insane person. Oh, no. I went to work one day and they were like, what is wrong with your face? You have to go home. <laughs> like, people cannot see you this way. So I went to, like, multiple doctors, like, bounced from person to person. And turns out I'm allergic to fragrance. So all of the products that I was using were irritating it and making it worse all the time. So I had to get rid of everything. And I am not a person that this was ever at the forefront of my mind. And it was so such a challenge like financially to have to rebuy everything that comes in contact with my skin. And research-wise, because my dermatologist gave me an overwhelming amount of information that basically said you cannot trust any labels in the US because like you were saying, they let things in and you don't really know. Like I have an app on my phone that tells me the only things I can buy for my skin. But it's like crazy, you know what I mean? Like you can't, I'm always so careful about everything. My point in bringing this up is, it created a level of anxiety inside of me about coming into contact with products that I didn't know and didn't know how I was going to react to. So even like a mindless, like, oh, let me grab some hand sanitizer. Oh, this all of a sudden was becoming like, did I touch my face? Do I need to go wash my hands? Do I have my special product? I need to wash my hands before I touch my, you know what I mean? And so I'm wondering if you experienced any of that, like the more you know about how everything is affecting your body and what the harmful consequences are of using dangerous products like did that create any fear or anxiety in you oh yeah I mean I can totally see what you're saying um and I'm not surprised that fragrance irritated your skin because I don't know if you know but fragrance is a catch-all on labels right There's, Com it means like a million things yeah they can put up to 300 chemicals in there and be like that's fragrance so it's like total harsh chemicals harmful chemicals um so yeah, no, I know what you mean, because when you do know more, and then when you know more, you're like, well, I can do a little better because I know a little more, but then you're like, wait a minute, now like, is, can I use that? Is, should I touch this? So I think that for me, it's putting it in perspective too. Uh, we try to do really good, really well in our home, right? We've mo removed a lot of chemicals that are not good for us. We have essentially a toxin-free home. 
that's where we spend a lot of our time. So if I go out and, you know, I'm in the public bathroom and I have to use their nasty pink soap, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably use the nasty pink soap, but I'm going to be okay because I know that my exposure to those chemicals is really limited. It's limited to, the, to that time. Um, and all the other times I'm doing so well, limiting exposure to those types of things. So I think, you know, you can get really caught up and like neurotic about Mm -hmm. it or you know you can do your best in the space you can control and then when you can't control it you just kind of have to let it go a little bit or or you will get anxious about it for sure so it sounds like that hasn't been an issue for you like you've been able to stay calm and rational no but by all (laughs) means I've certainly had my moments where I've been like what I don't have my stuff like we're not gonna survive but um in in the grand scheme of things, I do try to keep it in check. And I do try to like use the nasty soap instead of no soap. Right. Okay. And so you have a five-year-old. Yes. So it's one thing to keep everything in control, in control for yourself and to like stay calm. How does that impact like your parenting or, you know, activities you might do with your son where the exposure is in a less controlled environment? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not... It's not very different, I think. You know, every mom has their thing of hand sanitizer in their purse. Mine is just something that's maybe different than what you bought at, you know, Walgreens. Um, So, yeah, I feel like that hasn't really been that big of a challenge. I've also really instilled in my son that certain things are chemicals and they're not good. So... (laughs) So he's pretty good about, you know, like, oh, no, I don't want to use that. I'm going to use my mom's or whatever. Um, He's five, though, so not great. But but I think it's the same thing where I know what I can control. I know that, you know, when he's at school and certain things, I can't necessarily control those environments. I can do my best. I can give the teachers the products I really like and be like, here's hand sanitizer for the classroom and here's some cleaning products for the classroom. Um, But that's about all I can do. Okay. So how else has your exposure using things that are clean, unprocessed, started with food, started to expand in your life? How else has that changed your lifestyle? I think it's just really changed the way we, a natural mindset in the forefront, you know, Um, just like going back to the food, like we, sourcing food is so important to us. So we have a local farmer that we get all of our meat from and supporting him is really oh gosh, important I've seen to you us. post about that and I have always wanted to like, how, how does this work? Tell me more. And I never have. So tell me more right now. Yeah. It's I hear awesome. All about it. They're incredible people. I, I just adore them. So, um, it's a local farmer, Meadowhaven farm. And we met him when we lived in the city. They used to come to the green city market, uh, in the city every week. And when we were moving out of the city, we were, I was terrified because I was like, we're not going to be able to get terrified. quality meat and cheese, More or not cheese, but eggs anymore. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, where's all of our food going to come from? <laughs> and then I found out that they did a monthly drop off um, in Arlington Heights. And I was like, this is fabulous. So they just drive their truck um, to a driveway and you pre order, and then they've got all their um, you know, chicken, pork, beef, eggs. They make, they bring popcorn, their organic popcorn. Um, 
And you just order it and buy it from them. And then the place where they were delivering it to, they were moving. So they needed a new driveway. So we were like, our driveway is available. You should come to our driveway. I love it. And then we don't have to make an errand once a month. <laughs> so um, just have to walk out the front door. So now they come to our house and do the drop off at our house. But, you know, anyone can order from them. Oh, how many people like order from a monthly drop off? Oh, gosh, I don't know for sure. But there are definitely, you know, they drop off within a half hour window and there is like cars like up on the street in front of our house waiting for their truck to get there that is so um, cool yeah it's awesome and they are amazing people they farm organically they are really they really treat the earth and the animals the way they deserve to be treated their whole purpose is not just to farm animals or plants but to farm soil because soil is so important for the longevity of our agriculture right um and so uh, Jeremy, who is um, the farmer, he his whole purpose is to make sure that what they do, their practices help enrich the soil that they farm on, which is such like a big view, like picture of everything. And I just think it's great. That's incredible. It sounds like you have met a lot of people through this. And I, I keep wanting to call it like a lifestyle change. Do you feel like that's an appropriate way to describe it? feel like maybe it was like a lifestyle evolution evolution okay because like we didn't it wasn't like oh we're gonna live a different way it was just that you know kind of one thing led to another and then um we just found ourselves really gravitating to all of the you know natural options okay um so through this lifestyle evolution have you created new relationships and if so how have they impacted you oh yeah Definitely. Um, I mean, lots of new relationships. Because, you know, when um, you have common interests, you know, you find obviously new friends. So, um, and I, I can't, I can't even, I feel like I can't even begin to say how they've impacted me because I have made so many new relationships through um, these changes. I mean, just the um, things I've done in terms of getting our home toxin-free, that journey alone has opened me up to hundreds of relationships with some amazing people. So it's it's brought relationships into my life. It's also brought a whole new, um, for me, profession into my life. Say more about that. Because, um, you know, when I started you know, transitioning our home to be toxin-free, um, it became a passion for me. And so I started educating other people on it, helping them find the products they can use to do the same thing that I'm doing. And it's really become my profession. So, and, and that has, you know, opened me up to so many relationships. And So like somebody would pay you to come into their home and like tell me how to live tax and free? Well, I mean, you could, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, but yes, but also, uh, you know, um, just educating people on the ways they can support their bodies naturally, you know, use things, um, different ways to support their health as opposed to like, um, going to the drugstore and getting a bunch of over the counter medicines and, um, all those types of things. So I teach classes on that. I help people do that. And it's super rewarding. I bet. Cause you're so passionate about it. That's really cool that you were able to transform that passion into an actual career. Yeah. 
Is there a particular community that you have connected with throughout all of these changes? Well, I, I feel like, I mean, the biggest community that I connect with is just our mom's community, because I feel like every mom is, um, dealing with all of these things, right? We're dealing with keeping our families healthy, feeding our families, keeping our homes clean. <laughs> it's all those things. And this is just one way of doing those things. So that's, uh, the biggest community that I've connected with. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there are a lot of moms in Arlington Heights, like in this community, that are interested in this and like wanting to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's fun to see. I'm curious about mind-body connection. So as a therapist, like I talk a lot with clients about if your body is not healthy, it's going to have a negative impact on your depression and your anxiety and all these issues that you're coming in for in therapy. So I'm no expert in nutrition or, or anything like that, but we're always talking about that. We're always thinking about that. We're always creating that connection. How have you seen your changes in your physical health impact your mind, your emotions? That's a great question. Um, I feel like it's been huge. I think that for me, like everything, you know, you, you just said it, the way your body is feeling has a huge impact on the way your mind is functioning. Um, they're, they're hugely connected. There's so much research that shows what's happening in our gut is very much related to our happiness, um, depression, all sorts of, you know, mental uh, conditions. So I think that absolutely when you um, clean up your environment, you clean up your body, you're going to feel the uh, repercussions of that in your emotions, your moods. It, and also so much of that impacts our hormones. You know, those fragrances you're talking about, much of the chemicals that make up fragrances are hormone disruptors mm -hmm. and hormone disruptors are not only messing with testosterone or estrogen, but they mess with all our hormones like cortisol, you know, our ability to manage our stress, um, our oxytocin, um, which is, you know, like our happy hormone, uh, all those things, your melatonin, your ability to get good sleep. So when we're, exposed to a lot of toxins or exposed to those types of things, those are disrupting the hormone pathways in our body. And you're going to feel that, you know, lack of sleep, anxiousness, depression, all of those things. Yeah. So when you clean it up, you definitely feel a difference. What were some of the specific changes that you experienced? For me, I feel like, um, a lot less worry like a lot of less stress, um, anxiety, uh, more calm. You have a very calm presence, I have to say, <laughs> sitting across from you. You have a very calm demeanor. It's contagious in a good way. Well, good. <laughs> so you've noticed that change? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I would say, you know, like I, I would say increased happiness, not to say that I wasn't happy before, mm -hmm. but I just think that, um, you know, when you remove 
all of the garbage and then you clear a pathway for bringing in all of the good stuff it's just easier to be happy yeah i could see why that would make sense so how have those changes in body and mind changed the way that you relate to other people friends family anyone i think that this whole know path I've been walking kind of journey I've been on has honestly just made me care more about people mm. I um, definitely consider myself an introvert but this um, because I've been really passionate about this it's just made me a little bit more um, selectively extroverted <laughs> to share that passion and to really um, try to help people. So I feel like it's made me uh, connect with people more. That's really powerful to think about. Yeah. How your own journey for your own health and body and mind and your passion turned into a way to create greater connection. I love yeah. that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's funny to me sometimes because I definitely think about a time in my life where I was like, oh, I don't like people. You know, I would just like to sit at home. I don't like people. But now I find myself sometimes seeking out opportunities to meet new people. So it's definitely... Wow, it's really change. opened up that part of you. Yeah. That's fascinating. Because my perception of you just from social media was that like, you're a social butterfly. Like, <laughs> always doing things and like, always having events and around other people. So it's so interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and definitely, uh, I do have a lot of events now. And I, I do... Um, try to say yes a lot, you know, to different things. Um, saying yes to this was something totally new. Uh, so, uh, and before I don't think I would have said yes as much or put myself, you know, out there as much. So it's created a lot more opportunity for experience and connection. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Have you encountered people who are really resistant to some of the things that you are passionate about? Oh, sure. You know, there are always people who um, are on their own path and um, maybe right now don't have the ears to hear or don't want to hear. Um, and that's, you know, that's okay. But for sure, you know, I think a lot of, well, not a lot of people, but I think some people, um, we all have some degree of being set in our way, you know, and some people that's a little bit stronger than others. Mm -hmm. And um, my goal is never to like convince someone of something. It's just to educate, share information so that they can make a decision, you know, they can have the information they need to make an informed decision. So if, you know, they decide like, I have want nothing to do with a natural lifestyle or any of those things. I'm like, okay, well, hopefully at least you know what you're deciding, you know, versus just thinking you don't have any choices. That is a very logical, measured way to approach that. In your personal life, has it ever been infuriating to see, like, someone that you know and care about, like, make poor decisions for their health and, like, want to shake them and be like, no, you should not be doing that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I do. I see it. Or, um, yes, that absolutely happens. It, it's hard to be restrained sometimes, but I really have to because um, it's not my choice to make for anyone else. Uh, so I can't, you know, tell someone I think they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, that's 
it's not my, I don't feel like that's my place. Um, I can share with them what I know, ask, you know, in the nicest way possible, like, would you like to hear about this? Can I share some information with you? Anything like that. But, you know, some people are just, they're doing what they're doing and that's what they want to do. Okay. I'm impressed by your openness and willingness to make change in your life. I think on this scale of totally resistant to change and totally open to change, I'm like kind of in the middle. I usually need a little bit of a push or like a reason to make a change. So I'm curious what about maybe your upbringing or your personality has created that openness to change? That's a good question. Um, I really don't know. I just feel like I approach things pretty logically. Um, I like information. I like research and data. So this process for me has involved a lot of research and reading a lot of studies and looking up a lot of ingredients, you know, like the app you're talking about on your yeah. phone, you know, like I look at that stuff and then I'm like, what does that do? And oh, I don't want that. Yeah. And so I think for me, um, kind of that nature that I have just lends itself to being okay making changes because I've seen, I've read or I've learned about, you know, what do certain things do? Um, bringing certain things into my life. What are the repercussions of that? Like, oh, I don't want those repercussions. I'm going to change that. I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that quest for information and that uh, interest in research is part of what opens you up to change. I think so, yeah. Do you ever get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information on there that could, I imagine, be sometimes conflicting or confusing? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, yes, there is a lot of information. Um, and I think, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that for a person who's not well-versed in that type of information, it's like you read one article, it's like, hey, you shouldn't be using this. You're like, okay. But then you see another article, this is the exact opposite thing. And I, I feel like I'm just sort of like, Ugh, what am I going to do? I don't know what's right. Like, I'm not spending any more time on that. And I just sort of disengage yeah. instead of digging more into it so like, what would you say to someone like me who sometimes just wants to shut off that part of my brain and not want to dig more for information and gets easily overwhelmed by conflicting information about health and wellness yeah I mean and I think that is I think that is common you know um, a lot of people are not into um, too much data too much information the research so for those people I would just say you know it's very simple. You can make simple changes. You don't have to change everything all at once. You can say like, there's one thing I want to change. I want to, you know, be it, you know, eat real foods or remove chemicals from my skincare. Just do one thing. Just do one thing. Don't worry about doing everything because doing everything is so overwhelming. Yeah. So you can just do one little thing and then, you know, you'd like how that feels and you can do one more thing. You don't have to do everything at once. I certainly didn't do everything at once. This has been, I mean, a 10-year journey, really. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first started um, swapping out, you know, cleaning products, skincare products, all that stuff, um, that in itself took years to do. I didn't do that overnight. So I think, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, and you know, be really 
amazing people. And so um, I think that it's okay to just say, you know, to not feel pressured that if you want to do something like this, you have to do it all. You have to go and like do it all, all at once and then be the best at this thing. You can just be one little thing. Yeah. Do you ever feel that pressure as somebody who's really out there is like, this is what I'm an expert in. I can help you with this. I'm making all these changes to uphold that standard all the time. You know, I don't because well, maybe I take that back. Sometimes I do. Um, because especially if I feel like, like if my kid gets sick, I'm like, yeah, sometimes my kid gets sick too. You know, <laughs> we're not perfect. Yeah. There are germs out there where we can't overcome everything. So that happens. Um, and then there's things like, you know, yeah, I like to put highlights in my hair. Yeah, that's a totally toxic process. Mm. But you know what? 95% of the rest of the time I'm doing really good yeah. so it's just what it is I mean I'm you know so it sounds like you have to be good at evaluating yourself on your own goals and how you're working towards those instead of doing that comparative thinking or looking at like how can I be perfect just like what am I doing to make progress towards the kind of life I want to live and if I'm doing that most of the time it's a success. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to look at things that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's easy to want to, you know, feel like you need to be perfect in what you are doing, but I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm curious about like, if you have experienced a difficult time in your life or a challenge or something that you've gone through where you've really had to rely on these kinds of changes like focusing on what you're putting in your body or how you're living a clean life to help you get through that i'm sort of i'm kind of drawing a comparison to like you know i don't engage in all of these wonderful wellness habits that you do but for me like fitness and working out is really important to my life balance and my mental health so if there is a time where i am very overwhelmed, anxiety is high, stress is high. I have to lean on that more as a coping skill. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if that's ever been the case for you. Um, yeah, this is a little bit different, but um, one of the things that I use, so a big part of our natural lifestyle is using essential oils. And one thing that I use them for a lot is emotional support. Mm. Um, and so I, I have definitely gone through some challenging times, um, a lot of grief this past year, mm. and I used those, I really leaned on that a lot. Um, and also, you know, the, going through emotionally challenging times, you can, I feel like, fall into the, like those comfort habits where you're like, well, I should just like curl up in a ball and maybe like you know, eat chocolate or something is going to make me feel good. Um, and while there was some of that, I also knew that that doesn't make my body feel good. So I just tried to remind myself to still treat myself well, even when, you know, maybe you don't really feel like you have the energy or the desire to treat yourself well, because you're just kind yeah. of falling apart. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So for people who don't use essential oils at all, they might be thinking, what does essential oils have to do with grief? Like how in the world would that connection happen? Can you say more about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, 
It's really fascinating. This is a little bit of the science of essential oils, but what happens is when we smell an oil, those um, molecules, they hit our olfactory nerve and that chemical signal gets changed to an electrical signal that goes straight to the limbic part of our brain. The limbic part of our brain is where all of our moods, our emotions, our memories all take place. And so essential oils can actually have a huge impact on that. They can have a huge impact on the way we feel and our emotions. They can be very calming. They can make us happy. So that's kind of how it works. And so um, you know, there's oils that like I will diffuse at home to smell, like lift the mood or apply them topically. So that's what I do. That sounds great. That's really great. I've only ever suggested the use of essential oils or a smell in therapy or in relation to trauma for people who are triggered by particular smells or mm. can use a smell to exit a re-experiencing of a traumatic mm. memory. So that's something like therapeutically that I think is like pretty common that a lot of clinicians will use, yeah. but it sounds like there's so much more opportunity to integrate that kind of therapy with yeah. essential oils or different scents or things like that. Oh yeah. Definitely. Fascinating stuff. Like, again, that connection between mind and body and how it can be healing at different times in our life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really incredible. And there's so much. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. Um, so tell me, for someone, maybe similar to myself, who is interested in living a healthier lifestyle, making a positive change toward wellness, but overwhelmed and scared of making change, what is a good entry point? Like what's something that anyone can say, like tomorrow I'm gonna at least start doing this? Oh gosh. That's, I feel like that's really hard to say. Is it? Just, that's an easy question. It, well, the reason is, is that it depends what's important to you. It depends what's going on with you, right? Um, really easy things. For me personally, I would just start with food. food. I would just start with food and what you're buying at the store and putting in your body. That's that's really, I think, a good starting point um, because you can support with all these other things, but that's like your baseline. Like your food is your baseline. So I would say start with cleaning up the food that you um, eat and just eliminating the processed things is like the easiest starting point, right? Oh, cool. Just shopping, you know, you've all, you've heard it before, you know, shopping the outside of the grocery store, just the, the real food, like buying things without ingredients. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a good starting point. Yes. That's like the easiest starting point. Like anyone can do that. Okay. Tomorrow. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Easy. Yeah, and right? you can start tomorrow. That sounds good. Yeah. And is there any information that you want to share for our listeners if people like want to hear more about how you can help them make changes or like would be interested in contacting you? Sure. Um, my website is whenlifegivesyouoils.com and that's a great way to get a hold of me. I share some of my um, tips on there on how to, you know, live a natural life. Um, that's a great place to find me. Okay, fantastic. And then the last question that I, you, if you don't have one, it's fine. Um, but do you have any representations in media, books, film, TV, anything about like the kinds of things we're talking about today? Wellness, nutrition, healthy lifestyle that are either like, oh, I love that depiction or like that is so stupid and not at all what it's like. 
Oh, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> I can't think of a specific one, but I feel like the trope of like the crunchy granola, like yes. I make everything and they make them seem like kind of insane instead yes. of actually knowledgeable is like very heavily depicted on TV. No, that is true for sure. Um, so yeah, that's not the norm, I don't think. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, that image is definitely out yeah. there. Like you're a crazy, crunchy um, granola mom. Yeah, yeah, that depiction is out there. Um, I mean, there might be, there are some people like that, (laughs) but I don't think it's the norm. Um, You know, I think that there's, there's a lot of people who are just trying to do their best and their best is, you know, whatever is working for them and their family. And I think just as long as they have the information that makes them feel like they're making decisions that are the right decisions for the family, their family, I feel like that's the best we can do. Okay, one last question. Is there anything that you think people are generally course everyone's different but like woefully uneducated about that you wish people like knew more about and paid more attention to for their own well-being yes um it is definitely about what is in products on the shelves of stores mm. like that drives me crazy oh it drives me so crazy um because companies can say anything about the ingredients in their products. They can put anything on their labels. They can say, this is totally natural. This is totally clean. And then you read the ingredients and there's fragrance in it. And we know that's not natural or clean. Um, People love Mrs. Meyer's cleaning products and they are not good. Like there's this commercial right now that drives me crazy. That's like, um, you know, they did all the research for me and they know that all these products here are clean and great and I'm going to get my Mrs. Myers. And I'm like, no, then they don't care about you at all because that stuff is not good for you. So, um, yes, I just wish um, there was better and easier education for people on that type of thing, which is certainly something I'm trying to do. But um, it's hard because it's one of those things that you have to dig into on your own. Yeah. You know, you're not going to target and there's not a section that says like, these products might kill you over time. <laughs> um, these ones might be, might be okay. Yeah. And then there's like maybe one down in the corner that's like, you should buy this one. It's the only clean thing here, you know? Right. So. Right. But that makes sense because we're all looking for, I shouldn't speak for everyone. I am looking for the easiest Solution. So if somebody tells me like this one brand, if you just buy that, you're going to be fine. I'm not going to look into it that more. And I'm just be like, sure, great. I'll just buy that brand. Right. So like really understanding that that's not the case, that you can't trust that, that you just have to get more information yeah. to make sure that you're really getting the kind of product that you want. Do you list like recommend- recommended products on your website? Um, well, yes, I, there are certainly some that I rec- use and recommend. Um, one of the one of the best things you can do is what you were mentioning earlier is um, there's several apps. Um, I use the Think Dirty app. Think Dirty? Yeah, Think Dirty. It is not dirty, <laughs> but um, it's from the um, Environmental Working Group, and that's a great nonprofit organization mm. that is focused on educating people on what is in our skincare products, makeup, everything, cleaning products, and so they rank things. Um, with a dirty score and so you can actually they have a scan function so you can scan things in the store and you'll get a dirty rating and then you can like decide like do I want to bring this into my home or not oh that's awesome yeah so I like to use that okay that's super helpful somebody else was just I can't remember what it's called 
they can email it to me later when they hear this. Um, um, and there's an app that like tells you how well the company that you're buying your clothing from is environmentally, like Ooh, how I'm... good of a job they're doing. And like most of the places, like the big brands, like obviously score really low, but it's helpful in looking like at some of the newer brands, more the direct to consumer that are really yeah. describing themselves like we're environmentally sustainable. And they're like really giving them a grade of like, but what does that really mean? How I want that app. When I'm you gonna find out, it. tell me. Yeah, that sounds I'm amazing. Because that's so helpful. It's more convenient. Because I do think so many people want to make the right choices, yeah. but aren't quite willing to give the time or energy that it takes to make the right choices. Yeah. So if there's easier ways for us to get that information, that can be really life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's, yeah, I would love that app. That's like the next thing I've been thinking about. Yeah, I've like just like, I spent a lot of my clothes. So I was really thinking about that. I'm like, I need to make sure I'm putting yeah. at least in a good place and supporting brands that yeah. are trying, even if they're not 100 percent right. successful. Exactly, they're at least trying. Yeah, it's on their radar. Yeah, exactly. I also wish somebody would invent an app that tells me consuming media how bad the people are involved in that media project. Like, how many of them have been convicted of sexual misconduct? Like, how many of them yeah. have done horrible things? So I can. Just What's their prison them? score? Yeah, um. <laughs> that would be really helpful. I think it would yeah. make me stay away from a lot of stuff if I could just quickly look up. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Nobody's working on that, I don't think. They should. <laughs> they should be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on this evening. I feel like you have so much knowledge on these topics to share, and I really appreciate you sharing a bit about it tonight, and I'm curious to learn more about many of the things that you brought up. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Great. I'm so glad that Stacy came on to educate me and the listeners about wellness and how to create lifestyle changes that can have such a large impact. I have to say, I'm not a person, as you could tell in this interview, that has really spent a whole lot of time thinking about these topics or committing to them. And I think what really sticks with me after this interview is the idea that you don't have to change everything. You just need to be willing to make some small steps towards change. And it makes sense. That's exactly what I tell so many of my clients who are working towards um, big goals as far as emotional or behavioral growth. And the same applies to the situation. Um, Setting these small achievable goals, tackling one part that really matters to you first, And seeing how that goes instead of being overwhelmed by the process of changing everything about your life to improve your health and wellness. So I have to say I'm I'm excited to put some of the ideas that Stacey presented into practice. And I think for me, I'm really going to focus on the idea of eating, cutting out processed foods and really committing to cooking more and... um, making sure that what I'm putting in my body is giving me nutrition and really pushing myself to make some more hard choices as far as what I'm choosing to purchase and what I'm choosing to consume. So Stacey, thank you for encouraging me to take a small step towards a healthier lifestyle. And I hope that 
the interview helps some other people identify some areas that they might be willing to make some changes in as well. Thank you. If you've been changed by a relationship in your life and you'd like to talk about it, please email me at youchangedmepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story.